everyone and welcome to Wolford Weekly, your weekly EastEnders podcast where this week we'll be discussing the episodes released on the BBC in the UK from Monday the 11th to Thursday the 14th of April. And we have much to celebrate. Not only are we back to our normal length episode, but we have Rob with us because I can't do this on my own and we need Rob. Hello Rob, how are you? Hello Alex, I'm, all, I'm very well, how are you? Yes, I'm good, I'm very very good. I just want to raise a mug. In, in this case oh. of us recording, because we don't have glasses uh, in recording, because uh, I did okay. enjoy, amongst a, a, a dodgy week, let's just say, which we'll be discussing very, very soon, I did enjoy that we got to raise a mug or a glass in this in this case of Albert Square for Mark, Mark Fowler and Kush Kasimi, yes. where we, they were remembered for their time on the square yes. when Mark was some kind of hellraiser that we never saw and Kush mm. was long loved and remembered for being naked across the across the market so to kush and to mark fowler here kush and to mark there, yeah, there we go there we go celebratory sip of the tea there now um alex by the time we next meet i just want to just want to, i just want to address this briefly by the time we next meet you will be a bit older won't you because it's alex's birthday next tuesday and you know i I, when it, when it was my birthday, I, you know, Alex allowed me to be completely and utterly self, well, let's, let's, let's be honest, self-masturbatory, really, wasn't it? Because it was my birthday, it's the one day of the year, and allowed, <laughs> you know, allowed me all the celebrations. So, like, down in the comments section, he will be 39, he's nearly 40. Anybody who has hit 40, just give Alex some words of comfort, some words of advice as he rapidly accelerates towards his midlife crisis. Just let him know everything's going to be okay. Because, you know, the, I I had to console him before we pressed recording. He's only just wiped his eyes. They were red, they were streaming, his eyeliner was running, his mascara was running down his face like a panda. He's not happy about this at all. So, down in the comment section below, let him know 40's okay. 40's okay and he's got a whole year to prepare for it. So there we are. But, yes, on to this week's EastEnders and... I, uh, yeah. I have much to say. Much to say. <laughs> much to say. But yes, thank you, Rob, for letting everyone know my age live on the podcast. I appreciate that greatly. Yes, thank you very much. So yes, you have lots to say. I have lots to say about this week's EastEnders. Um, it's, it's been, let's just say, a weird one this week. Uh, Storylines that were created at the beginning of an episode and suddenly were meant to be week and months long <laughs> all of a sudden. And uh, also just like nothing seems to be happening anymore. And I get that nothing seems to be happening. Everything just seems to be plodding along because we're kind of in the transition period. We know we are. You know, Johnson has left. Uh, Clenis is coming, is before. on his way. Kate Oates is kind of being the middle ground. So she's kind of like plodding things along. I think a few of uh, the Kate Oates tropes uh, <laughs> are now quite apparent. The fact that, you know, she's kind of EPing right now. She's running the show. So let's start then with Jean's storyline, which again hasn't really moved on very much. There's still a lot of concern with Stacey, but the main thing is she came back from her night out. We were a bit concerned she got into a car with an anonymous stranger, came back with scuff marks on her knees, looking a bit worse for wear, had gone to a stag do, caught the uh, bouquet because the stag do just so happened, uh, the wedding just so happened to be at the Queen Vic, and then asked Harvey to marry her. Uh, he accepted, but on the one proviso that he would go see the doctor because he made the agreement with Stacy. But the doctor said that everything was fine. But then Stacy had a light bulb moment and realised that actually Jean hasn't changed her meds for over a year. So perhaps that might be the problem. So this is all, again, it feels like Jean's cancer storyline. It feels like it was taking this long for us to get to this point. And the outcome really wasn't as 
wonderful or as a great a moment as perhaps the the showrunner Kate thought it might well have been. What were your thoughts on the well, uh, the story now, with Jean? Uh, yeah, no, I quite like the Jean stuff this week. In, in fact, I would say that the Jean uh, story was the highlight for me this week. I. Uh, I think this has brought out a whole new side of, sort of Gillian Wright's portrayal of Jean, because we've not really seen Jean go quite like this with bipolar before. You know, we've seen her in the past where Jean tends to be sort of like a shell of her former self when she, when we've seen her uh, be like this previously. Whereas this time, um, you know, she's manic. She's saying things that just occur to her off the top of her head. And I like that side of Jean. Frankly, I hope they keep this side of Jean where she will just say anything, no matter how offensive it is. There was a nice moment where she stole Linda's scarf and Nancy challenged her on it. And Jean told her, well, if she's looking for a scarf, maybe she should look at the bottom of a bottle. Perfect. I like that. I like this side of Jean a lot. Um, the whole thing with the medication, I don't know how true, I don't know how true it is. I'm going to trust them and say that this is absolutely right. I don't know how careful uh, doctors are with making sure that people uh, who are taking the, these, this medication are with uh, regular updates. I didn't even, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't even know that, med- that the medication had to be updated. You know, I <laughs> is that it was that is that a common knowledge oh. thing? Because I certainly didn't know about that. Did you? Yeah, you, you clearly I, did. Um, I, <laughs> well, no, I don't. I mean, I don't. I didn't know, but it seemed reasonable to come to that assumption because it's no, like no, it anything. Seems you always need yeah, to it see, seems reasonable. You always need to see a doctor every kind yeah. of few months, especially if you have a long term uh, illness that you you always need yeah, to yeah. have kept, kept checked, updated. And I suppose that's what Stacey discovered that. Jean hadn't been updated. Jean hadn't been going to the doctor yeah. regularly. So even though she was doing all the right things, it wasn't necessarily working for her benefit, which was a shame for Jean. Yes. And that's what was worrying Stacey. And that's what she was then trying to to warn Harvey about. But Harvey was having none of it. Yes. See, Harvey's, see, Harvey's confused me a little bit because I, I had a feeling that the only reason that we were really told about Harvey's um, past relationships with his ex-missus apparently having mental health problems was that he was going to be bang on this. And that he was going to be able to recognise the signs mm. and be able to deal with Jean. And the and the truth seems to be that he's an idiot in a lot of ways with this sort of thing. He's sort of just taken this woman who is. I mean, it, in in all fairness, it's quite similar to kind of what we've seen with Harvey in the past. That he's quite a basic bloke at the end of the day, isn't he? Um, you know, he's quite happy just to, <laughs> just to have this woman uh, kind of. Well, he is a bit, isn't he? Like, like a Cappy Bill sandwich, just to sort of. Yeah, he seems quite happy to sort of just have Gene get up at four thirty in the morning and clean the drains and make him his breakfast and you know bake him cakes, dry right against him every so often. <laughs> yeah, and bake him ba- and make and bake stuff, and he's quite happy with that. Um, so and the fact that she yeah, proposed to him, man. he doesn't see as an issue whatsoever. Of course, she proposed to me. I'm a god. Why wouldn't you propose to me? I drive a taxi. Uh, so. <laughs> So I wonder how long it's going to be before Harvey really starts to recognise something. You would have thought that when she sort of threw herself at Rocky, that might have set alarm bells ringing ever so slightly, but apparently not. You know, he just thought that Jean was having, you know, a woman moment or something. You know, even that, even Rocky has been more perceptive about Jean than, than Harvey is at the moment. So that's, that's, what does that tell you? Um, so, yeah, so you say that it's going to be going on, uh, going on a bit too long. Personally, I kind of think that, you know, this is bipolar disorder, and if that's the right word, and people live with this, and it, and these episodes can go on for months, sometimes even years. So EastEnders doing it for a few weeks, I don't think is a problem. In fact, I welcome it. I welcome them giving, going on with this for quite a long, a lot longer. To be honest, I think what it's doing at the moment, especially um, 
the last episode of the week, sort of highlighted the issues that the NHS are having with mental health problems at the moment. I know you like to accuse the show of having a bash at the NHS every now and again. I don't think this is one of those. They do enjoy it. The occasion where that was happening. <laughs> oh, will you say but this? You're I right. Never, I, you're right. I've yes. never because there is a long delay with mental health issues. I know. Yeah. I know of people who are Massively. on that long delay with mental health issues, and there's a huge waiting yeah. list. Um, obviously, there's a huge waiting list for a lot of things in the NHS right now. Um, yeah. Basically, COVID has caused it. Um, mismanagement by the government. Who knows? But you know, we're not going to get into that discussion. Uh, but you, but you're right. I, I, I would, I, I still stand that they do like to bash the NHS sometimes on the show. But you're absolutely right on this, especially on this occasion, that there, there is a delay. There's a long waiting list. So to, to kind of, uh, you know, art imitating life is is the right thing to do for that. Do you think Harvey is uh a little bit afraid and that's why she's he's decided to take uh Jean on for getting married because to th- this week he also had a encounter with Neil when Neil was strangling him with the seat, uh, seat belt oh, yes. and told him to take a gun into Aaron into prison. And um he also found out that Dana has got the university placement and she was afraid of telling him but he said you know you should go in September. Um would be a sad moment if Dana was to go but Again, that would be a moment for Harvey losing someone he loved. So he's, he's basically his whole world is kind of like dispersing around him. And do you think he then yes. the reason why he's kind of putting a shield up against, you know, seeing what Gene's up to and getting married to Gene is partly to blame the fact that he's feeling a bit lonely and feeling like, you know, as a simple a man, of, he needs his simple pleasures. And that is a woman on his arm. A bit of the old empty nest syndrome, you mean. It's possible. Um, yeah, the whole Neil thing. I wasn't expecting um, Nanny Boy Psycho to turn up again this week. Was it a gun? I thought it was a mobile no. phone that he wanted Harvey to take into prison. Was it? I, 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 oh, it I might have been a mobile phone. Sorry, I'm confusing. I thought it was a mobile phone. That's all right. Uh, I think yes. you're right. There's always a gun floating right. around Wolf. There's always a gun floating around Wolford somewhere. <laughs> it's understandable. Um, yes, I wasn't expecting him, to, <laughs> expecting him to show up again this week. Um, so the uh, the Aaron story is sort of rumbling along in the background. Ever so, so at some point we're due a new climax with that, I think, because it sort of keeps popping its head up above the surface and then disappearing again, doesn't it? So uh, I'm intrigued to see where that's going. Um, with Dana, she better not be bloody leaving because I really like Dana. Her and Bobby aren't still together at the moment, are they? It seems like months and months ago since uh, no. the Bobby and Dana thing was a thing. Are they not on at the moment? I can't remember. Was that last scene of um, sort of Aaron's crimes being exposed in the restaurant? That was the end of their relationship, was it? As we know it, that was the end of their relationship. I, I made that right, mistake okay. too, but yes, that was the end of their relationship. Because to be fair, Bobby's not really been. A, we have not seen Bobby very much over the past few weeks, so I, I wasn't. I, I kind of couldn't remember no. where, where they were together. Um, so yeah, that was uh, a good moment for the week. Uh, I'm intrigued to sort of see where this goes from here. Um, Jean uh, is just kind of. It's well, really, she's getting worse. It seems that the uh, the night out that she had. With a guy called Bungalow. I think that might have been an example of the writers literally uh, ent- putting in, putting a word out of their of their heads. Didn't even need to make sense of it in the context of the scene. Let's just call him Bungalow because he lives in a bungalow. That didn't take very long for them to come up with, I suspect. But um, yeah, so Jean is basically just doing basically what Stacy was doing at the age of twenty, and just going and just doing mad things, and just going on nights out, and turning and turning up with grazed knees, and having fallen over, and have, and trying to have mad sex with everybody. God knows who she came on to on the night that she went out, because it seems that that's the sort of mindset Jean's in at the moment. So yes, Jean stuff, very well done. I'm excited to see more of it. Um, where do you think this is going to go now? Do you, because obviously the wedding is apparently get all getting planned. Do you think this wedding is going to go ahead? Do you think that Jean and Harvey are actually going to make it down the aisle? 
I, I feel like I'm having a fever dream because I'm sure wasn't there photos leaked of Gene and Harvey filming scenes on a seaside town like Clapton or something like that? Or did I imagine that? So I'm, I'm, I'm presuming something really bad's going to happen there. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing that's, to, that's where the fallout is going to officially kind of topple. And I guess that's going to happen... Not next week, but maybe the week for some some time before Clarence comes in and starts like sorting out the show a little bit and shuffling his papers and kind of yes. getting things in order, we'll getting see. his ducks in a row. Um, I don't, I can't imagine this going <laughs> yeah. on for much longer. I, I, I've, I've taken a step back actually and listening to what you were saying about actually, really, we should put more. There should be more time put into a story like this. You are right. There should be more time put into a story like this. It just it feels like with Gene, like the, the same kind of. It, the same thing kind of happens all the time. No, I'm not an impatient person. You know I'm not because I like a long-term <laughs> storyline. Um, and we'll get we'll get to a story that wasn't particularly a long-term storyline, and yet just seemed to rear its head from nowhere in a in a in a short moment. But one last thing I wanted to say about the Jean and Harvey story is that something you also said was that Jean has been stealing a lot as well. She stole the scarf. She oh, stole yes. the ring. I suppose to a lesser extent, she stole the knife. Do you think that's going to be the ultimate way they're going to find out about her? That, that you know, the, the shop owner is going to kind of report that she got the ring and then that's kind of be that she gets arrested and then she gets the help she needs. Maybe that's the route they're taking. I thought, I thought that the whole, like, I, I don't, admittedly, I haven't been in many jewellery shops in my time. I thought ring shops had <laughs> like sort of a last, like kind of chains on the rings so that exactly what Jean did couldn't be done. I thought, you know, like elasticated, no like, I, 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 I think that there is supposed to be some sort of cord wrapped around rings that you can try them on, but you can't then just walk out of the shop and replace it with the one that you're wearing. So I, I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I think the, the, the theft thing is probably likely to rear its head. It seems like Jean's been stealing for a very, very long time, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I fail. I, mm. you know, I hesitate to credit, credit it for being planned that far ahead from all the time ago when Sharon and uh, Suki stole some wine or something from Suki's, uh, from the oh, Suki bar. I don't think this has been, I yes. don't, do you think, do you think it could have been? Because Jean Louis really No, I don't, I don't think they referred to that at no. all. <laughs> But it's but nice Jean, that you but, think that they did. Those things. <laughs> Jean is a thief. She, yes, that'll work. Yeah, let's do that some more. Um, possible, possible. But uh, so yeah, there we go. So yeah, the Jean stuff I look forward to uh, developing over the next few weeks. So please uh, give us more mm. of that because that's great. Yes, yes. And one quick shout out to the most MVP of the, the week. And that is the jewellery shop owner who gave us her life story of how she's divorced. I, I, for me, performance of the week. Before Carrot, the of the week. I liked her. So, as I said, her. you can come back. <laughs> Do more. Uh, so, mm. here we go then. So, Balam. So, the week began. I thought, oh, hang on, we're on the Balam merry-go-round again. They're having arguments over something quite, quite mundane. So, Callum wanted to, or is modelling for a police photo shoot, so he can, so they can enrol more uh, LGBTQ plus police officers onto the beat. And he was very flattered that he was asked. And Vi was very vocal, quite loud about it too. Ben wasn't too happy about it, took the phone call and kind of got it cancelled. But then Callum got it rebooked and said, oh, you know how embarrassing it is that I had to phone up the modelling agency and get that sorted out. In the meantime, in the background, uh, a man was reading a newspaper, said that there's a uh, a killer on the loose, the Wolford Attacker. (laughs) 
lovely. But the camera focused what? on that newspaper article. So we all, uh, so we thought, hang on, is this going to be a nice little, is this going to be a Kate Oates kind of little story? I She's going to just introduce a character. It. We're going to be an attacker. Some of the, yeah, would've that would have been that. nice. You know, the residents of the square could have fear for their lives. There's an attacker on the square. Loved no, that. I would have no. loved that. It got no, explained. No. Yeah. Within it would have been lovely. And it, but it got explained away no less than 20 minutes later where we see Ben beating up uh, a homophobic guy. Um, Sharon witnessed it. And oh, then Ben no, admitted Sharon. that this isn't the first time he's done it. <laughs> no. Not Batman Ben. Oh, he's no. Doing it for four he's months. done it four other times four prior. Because <laughs> as Callum <laughs> says, as Callum says, this is the fourth attack in as many months because nobody ever gets attacked in London. So that must mean that these attacks are all connected. Because EastEnders yes. is a little village where about 20 people live, so there must be a connection between all the attacks and not the largest city in the United Kingdom. What are you talking about, you no. absolute madheads? What was this? What is this mess? What are you trying to do to us, EastEnders? I mean, I mean, for a start, what I want to what I want to address first of all was my favorite my favorite bit of all of this was um, Sharon walking mm. along the street, having a phone call, <laughs> having a bitchy conversation with her supplier at the gym, and then ending her business telephone yeah. call to go and investigate the sounds of a fight going on down an alleyway. I enjoyed that. That was probably the best part of the week. Um, this is madness. This is absolute madness. I, for a start. Why are they doing... Why... Like, I wouldn't have minded... This might have felt a bit better if they had sort of suggested that Ben... I know we've sort of looked... If the, if the best that they were giving with this is when we would, is when they've said that, mm. you know, Ben is sort of emerging hungover and we've kind of gone, oh, well, Ben's been on the lash because right. he's depressed. But, you know, that's fine. But apparently, for the past yeah. four months... Ben has been out vigilanteing homophobes that, or people that he perceives as being homophobes and beating them senseless, but he's only done it four times because it's as many attacks in as many months as we are reliably informed by Chief Inspector Halfway, who is leading the investigation, it would appear. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and Ben is apparently going around beating up homophobes. I mean, I wouldn't have minded this so much if we'd had some sort of hints thing going on over the past couple of months. It might have been a nice little mystery bubbling under, you know, what's what's going on. They could have dragged this whole sort of mystery attacker thing out. That would have been a really good story. And um, when that paper thing first, when that paper headline first appeared on on uh, whatever episode it was, Tuesday's episode, I was like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is so exciting. But as you say, it was all solved within its own little episode, and it was just like, why? What? That's just... That's rubbish. Why would you do that? <laughs> that's just rubbish. Now, the thing is, we need to address something quite serious here. It's because this still is um, the story of uh, Ben dealing with his sort of in internalised homophobia and dealing with bigoted behaviour and, and seeing it on the streets and how he is reacting to that. Serious story within itself. It and is PTSD as well from when Paul was yes, attacked. Yes, it so is. Forget. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And a very important story. And we have spoken previously quite openly about sort of our own experiences with homophobia, you know, and talking about how traumatic that can be. Um, and that is a fair enough story to be telling. However, this isn't. <laughs> this whole thing no, with Ben. No. I mean, oh, the thing is, it's sort of, I mean, yeah, I can see, I'll, be, I'll rephrase that. I can definitely see this Ben doing that. And sort of going around. The thing is, it's very confusing and sort of makes Ben a bit of an inconsistent character because it seems like Ben is all of a sudden, you know, quite jumpy and terrified of confrontation. 
Um, bearing in mind that this is also the same guy who not two years ago was almost was almost getting an erotic feeling out of being beaten up, if you remember, or like quite right. a while back, within yes. this era. It uh, was also the same guy that apparently could muster up a whole gang to dangle Martin from a bridge. That's the same Ben. No, none, of, uh-huh. none of that side of his character has come out again. Um, and now he's sort of all jumpy at the sound of someone jump, dropping a glass in the club, but then he's also going around beating up people that he perceives as homophobic and leaving them and seeing right. that as some sort of amazing thing to be doing for his part in the gay community, whilst his husband is trying to be a voice and a picture for the gay community and being a model for the police. It's all a bit messy, isn't it? I don't understand any of this. <laughs> it's a bit messy. <laughs> like, it's, it's no, it's, it's, it's a bit messy and it's a bit inexcusable in my opinion. I think that portraying okay. it this way is, is not the right way to portray it. it it's, okay. I'm sorry. It's not. Um, I get, I get, I get that Ben would be upset about Callum wanting to do the po- photo shoot. If that was it, then I'd get it because obviously he doesn't like kind of presenting himself as gay. He never has the character of yes. ben, ben Mitchell. He's never been very no, upfront with his sexuality in front of people which is fine. But as you quite well just described, Ben Mitchell seems to be a very changeable character depending on either the mood or what the situation calls for. <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't seem right for, in this occasion either. Like, you know, when ben, this this Ben Mitchell was reintroduced by Kate Oates, he was people trafficking. And then it's like the, the, yeah. the road from there to now him becoming some kind of vigilante homosexual, <laughs> you know, who who beats <laughs> up homophobic people. It's not, this is, you know, yeah. going to an old adage when my dad used to say, two wrongs don't make a right. So don't do that. Don't, you know, just because what they're doing isn't the right thing to do. It doesn't mean that you, ex- it's excusable for you then to beat them to a pulp in that way. Um uh, and, and just going back to the fact I was talking about the newspaper article, uh, I, I really did, I didn't link it that it was going to be a Ben Mitchell story. I thought they were going to do a little bit of a wink and a nod to the 1987 story where, like, there was an actual attacker in Walford when Pat wore the wig and, you know, and, and, and I thought, you know, that's, you know, I thought, I thought that was quite all right. I'd be up for that. You know, a little bit of a little three, four week kind yeah. of little, little side mystery. story for maybe some of the, B or C, yeah, a little mystery C or B list characters on the square. Um, that would be a bit of fun. And, and watching the scenes with Rocky and Kathy this week, it would have been nice if Kathy could ultimately been almost attacked and Rocky kind of stepped in and kind of saved her, well, you know, other than yeah. <laughs> her having her handbag stolen. Yeah, no, I agree because the frustrating thing about that was the fact that no mention, no mention, no mention. All of a sudden, Tuesday's episode, it's on the front of papers. Everybody in the square is talking about it. Oh, you've heard about these? Oh, this attack needs to stop. Even, even yeah. Phil has heard about it, who's in prison and isolated for the rest of... Oh, yeah, I know about these attacks. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, How the hell does Phil know about it? Like, it's just a bit of... It's just kind of a bit... All a bit sort of like, oh, right, okay, got it. Yeah, you want us to know that, so now... I've, it, it, yeah, it just felt a little bit crap. <laughs> you know so it's this this also um what we should also mention is uh the arrival a new arrival uh of lewis i think he's named oh, lewis yes. butler and he's now and he's now the manager of the albert i like him and to be perfectly honest with you are you sensing a bit right and i've got no i actually have no issues with this because balam are getting to the point now where i want them to sort of because they're not working for me anymore all right as car- as a couple you're saying it seems divorce, that there is too much. Ben. 
sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want. I would. I would quite like. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be divorced, please. Um, I would. I would quite <laughs> enjoy Lewis kind of having an affair with one of them. If I'm honest, I wouldn't mind, and preferably Callum. Because Callum's apparently not averse to an affair, as you will remember. That's how he got with Ben in the first place. He does seem like he has more of a free shot with Ben. Yeah. At the I can sort of see. I can sort of it's, see Ben. That's what I think. Maybe is going, going there. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't mind that honestly. If Lewis comes and does something interesting with Balan, he will be character of the year for me. I just have a nice <laughs> accent, so. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I just. I just. <laughs> I say, think. Oh, well, it, honestly, his accent yeah. on Zach's body. <laughs> I think if Lewis was to break up Balam, I think that would ultimately be the end of Balam, unless they kind of give that kind of short story where he kind of breaks them and then Ben and Callum leave together. That's the only thing I can think of happening. But then, so it doesn't really work out very nicely for Balam fans in either way, really. Wherever you flip the coin, on one side, they break up Balam. On the other side, Balam leaves the show. <laughs> so. so please do let us know in the comment section below what the hell you made of this story where you think this is going. There was a comment on uh, Facebook that you must remind me to read out at the end um, from from uh, one of our view- from one of our listeners who was talking about this story. And I do remind me to read it out at the end in I Want to Gossip because it was a very interesting point. But do let us know down below what you make of this story, where you think the future of the story is going. And do you believe that Lewis is a threat to Balam? He has been brought in for a reason and it's not just to make my ears happy. So let's. Let, what do you think uh, Lewis is for? Let us know in the comment section below, please. Thank you. We should also just say that Sharon visited against Cat's wishes Phil in prison this week. Uh, and yes. Phil has made finally made the deal with Keeble. Uh, basically, he's singing like a canary because he's basically said to her, you are going to get promoted <laughs> through your team. You're going you're gonna to be the new... Welcome to Cressida Dick's replacement. Yeah. <laughs> because Phil, because Phil said that uh, his family comes first, and so he needs to kind of make the deal with her. With her, so I mean, this is a turn of events for Phil. So again, is there long for Phil now? Is to kind of now he's become a grass, or is he going to turn turn against his own plan? Is he going to get out of prison? And he wants to make an international call this week, which can only mean one thing: Sam Mitchell. Actually, yeah, that's true. I was thinking Ronnie and Roxy. But, you know, Sam Mitchell is probably more likely. Um, <laughs> you know, because Ronnie and Roxy are currently living in Portugal. Did you know that, Alex? That's where they currently are, just kind of sunning it up. Living in Ibiza or Portugal, one of the two, yes. I don't mind. So you, um, so you believe? Yes, <laughs> I do. It's true. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I was kind of curious about this. I kind of thought that Phil had kind of had his time and Keeble had gone, no, screw it, you're in prison now. I didn't realise that he could still sort of end yeah. this this prison thing at any moment. I didn't realise it was all sort of hanging in the air. So presumably this is going to be Phil kind of out of prison within the next two weeks or so, I, I assume. I do think that Keeble would be better off, you know, if I was Keeble, I'd be like, cheers for the information, oh, and you can stay in prison. I've always assumed that's what Keeble was going to do. Apparently not. Apparently Keeble is well prepared, if it gets her a promotion, to let Phil Mitchell roam the streets some more and cause us some more crimes to investigate. Who? How can you... <laughs> I don't know. This is the same police force that employed Callum Highway, so I, it, there's no logic to it whatsoever. Um, but yeah, there we go. So None. Phil will be out of prison probably next week, which, you know, fine. We always knew who it was going to be. I don't mind it as much as you do, but Phil was never staying in prison, so there you go. No, no. I mean, I, I, I acknowledge that Phil was never going to stay in prison, but, um, you know, my uh, 
I just think Phil's had his time on the square, but it, that's just that's just a Say me that's week. just a me problem. <laughs> just a me problem. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, so yes, so that that that's. No, I, well, again, comment below if you think that uh, Phil is an issue for you too. <laughs> and, and, and anything we talk about on the show, uh, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Wolford Weekly. So also this week, uh, Vinny has to prove himself to his family. And with a little help of with Dottie, he does. Um, Dottie and Suki have become very close and very pally and friendly to each other, which is I thought was quite nice seeing scenes with them together. But also, Bernie's got his her old job back at the call centre after helping Vinny out. And who else is working at the call centre but Molly? Molly's back as well. Yay! So that's lovely. Elsa. And they <laughs> made a plan together where where they're going to they, they went on strike uh, because the contract wasn't very fair. But um Unfortunately, it was more of a distraction for Bernie, all these shenanigans, because she is missing Roland. And every time Rainy goes past, she's always kind of upset. And unfortunately, she started to leak. Yeah, she did. She started to leak from her breast um, uh, when she saw Roland the final time this week. And Dottie kind of was a sympathetic ear for her there as well. So Dottie's kind of taken a bit of a 180 turn, turned into quite a kind character, looking after Vinny after everything she did to him, looking after Suki, looking after Bernie. I I quite like this Dottie. Yeah, I mean, well, there was elements of the old Dotty there, wasn't there? You know, when when she kind of came in after the protest, uh, was kind of like, yeah, well, we won that one. You'll never win. I'm part of the family now. I say the Palisades millions. Ah ha 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 ha. And then all, and then became sympathetic with sort of Bernie's plight after that. Um, now the whole Bernie thing, we were discussing this a couple of weeks ago, and we said that it was kind of quite surprising, and, and well, I said that it was quite surprising and a little bit nice not to have sort of a surrogate mother suddenly realise that she wants to keep the baby. And I thought it was quite a refreshing change. Not to have that. Having said that, I'm well, apparently so. But I'm not criticising this, actually, because it does feel right. It, it feels natural, doesn't it? Like, in a lot of ways, I've never been able to understand how anyone can do that. You know, I'm not a woman, so I don't understand. You know, I obviously don't understand the maternal instinct <laughs> per se. However, shut up. But um, I, <laughs> I, um, I do understand uh, what Ben is going through at the moment. And you'd think, you know, actually, with all the grief that the Taylors have had to go through the past year, it sort of makes sense that they'd sort of want to cling to any sort of happiness and family that they can. Yeah. Um, so where now, I mean, we'll talk about Molly in a second. So I'm delighted to have Molly back. Didn't realise who it, who it was because there wasn't snow, bl- there wasn't a blizzard blowing around like there normally was whenever Molly appeared. But <laughs> you know, we're seeing her in normal mm-hmm. weather now, so it's nice to see uh, Molly back. I'm delighted to see Molly back. I like her a lot. Um, so, w- do you think that this is now going to become a problem for Rainy, who was settled into motherhood? It seems like a duck to water. Like Rainy's great at this, it, it would appear. Like pushing the pram around, looking, looking. Th- I thought Rainy looked great this week. Actually, I thought the uh, the character looked quite fresh, and seemingly this was all she needed to sort of sort herself out. So. This is Rainy happy. Uh, do you think that uh, Bernie is going to? Do are we seeing what we're going? What we're heading towards? Custody battle, or is Bernie going to accept it, or what? Because we shouldn't we shouldn't forget this isn't the first time that Bernie has been in this a similar sort of position where she has lost a baby. I don't know if the writers necessarily remember yes. that, but this yes. isn't Bernie's first sort of 
rodeo with this sort of thing, <laughs> is it? So, what do you wow, think? you're really going down on the writers this week. It's like they, they don't look back at the past. <laughs> but yes, you're right to I don't mean say, that. I don't know if the writer said that. that. No, I know you don't. Rainy, Rainy was positively was glowing this week and it was lovely seeing her with the kid. You're absolutely right. She looked great as a mother. She looked, she was looking after Roland really nicely. She was also looking after her overgrown kid, Stuart, who's just had the operation. Um, <laughs> briefly touch on that because he kind of... Uh, he's, he's denying yes. all painkillers, isn't he? He's not taking a very strong painkiller and he's without them really seeing and pink custard's not doing the trick either. And without them seeing, no. he's in a lot of pain. So that's clearly somewhere where we're heading. And I wonder if that distraction it- from Stuart is going to be what Bernie uses as a kind of a tactic, as a technique to kind of get closer Possibly, with Roland, yeah. offering to look after him more, <clears throat> yeah. taking him in more. And I wonder if Molly's going to be the one who kind of sees this and kind of negotiates it and plays the devil's advocate with mm. Bernie and Rainey. Yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah, Stuart obviously is underplaying how much pain he's in at the moment. Um, so it does seem that these painkiller, this painkiller worry that he had is going to is going to raise its head in the coming weeks, I should think. Um, which will be interesting. Uh, you may be right that Bernie may take advantage of that. Uh, to an extent, I hope it's not. I hope you know we don't. I hope this isn't one of those stories where you know Bernie auto- automatically becomes this sort of ruthless, sort of emotional manipulator and just wants to and is just trying to and just sees it as a fact that well clearly my baby is not safe in this scenario, so I'll be having that back. Please, thank you very much. And no, it's not called Roland. Uh, <laughs> um, my mum, my mum. My mum, she was watching this this week, uh, and she said, Roland. Have they actually called the kid Roland? Roland went off and what? I was like, well, <laughs> what can I say, mum? Wow. What can I say? <laughs> um, I mean, she, she does this with kids' names, my mother. She does this with kids' names, my mother. Nine times out of ten, you know, if you say, what's the baby called? And you'll give her the name, and then she'll repeat it in a disdainful tone. She's just going to call me Harriet once upon a time, you know. Do I look like a Harriet? Could I have been a, right, have been a girl? Right, right. Your mum sounds a little bit... I you you suit Harriet, I think. But um, your mum sounds a little bit like Vi. <laughs> Maybe that's why you like Vi so much. Maybe why you don't like her so much. Uh, <laughs> I love your mum. How dare podcast. you? She How wrecked, dare you? She wrecked one pass. Every, she she made she made it difficult for us to record one podcast by driving away too loudly. You had to press the re-record button once. Her car. Let it she go. wasn't driving to work. That was the point. She wasn't driving to work. She was sat on the door on the uh, driveway, just going row, row, row for half an hour. No, <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't, she wasn't driving a quad bike. <laughs> oh, honestly. She was revving her engine unnecessarily loud. <laughs> I mean, there was a few things this week. Obviously, Molly's back, so that's interesting. I, I, I'm, am I the only one that's absolutely amazed that the whole sort of call centre thing is back? It felt like this had completely disappeared into the ether and that the Panasars had nothing to do with sort of pest control anymore. All of a sudden... Yeah, but all of a sudden... There's this thriving sort of reception company where the phones are constantly ringing to deal with all the to deal with all the vermin problems in in Albert Square and London, um, and which requires them to have a whole team of staff on the, on the phones. When previously, when we've looked, when we used to sort of uh, look into the offices, there was nobody ever there. And all of a sudden, this place is like a factory. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, it's thriving, like absolutely thriving. That company, yeah. Thriving. Yeah, at least what is it? Eight so, or nine? Eight, eight, eight employees outside protesting, and they're, and easily led as well because they signed those contracts. 
Yeah, and they so they signed those contracts saying like you know they they can only take like a ten minute pee break and anything they do other than that they have to pay for. Then they get teased with a like a football table and an arcade machine. So the whole time they're probably sitting there on the phone, kind of going, "God, I wish I could play them right now, but I can't because I'm on the phone. I haven't had my pee break yet." And and then <laughs> as soon as Bernie walked inside, not even kind of saying like I'm going back inside because of what Dotty said, they just followed like sheep. So like they, I mean, they found some good. I don't know where they found them, but my God, they found some really loyal. Employees employees than that place (laughs) fickle as hell fickle as hell extras are aren't they (laughs) extras will do whatever the lead character wants them to do i'll follow you anywhere are we going off a cliff i know we go oh like lemmings it's like lemmings (laughs) anyway there we are so um I mean, yes, obviously the sort of side story with that is that Vinny is still trying to prove himself. Suki has finally sort of relented and is sort of letting Vinny take charge of this. Dottie sort of saved the day, like we said, and now everything seems to have settled and Suki was none the wiser, uh, which is nice. Now, there was a bit of an Ash mention this week, do you remember? So is Ash due to return because we sort of had Suki sort of remembering that her and Ash don't have the best relationship. So if we got a return for Ash coming soon while Kirat's away, are all the Panasars uh, going to be coming together again soon? What do you think? I hope so. I miss Ash. Um, mm. I mean, it feels I weird that when they did the max exodus of uh, <laughs> of, of lesbian characters, that, um, you know, one of them hopefully should come back at some point. So it's nice, it's nice that Ash is coming yes. back. Um I don't know what her role would be on the show, other than, I don't know. I mean, uh, Vinny's got his support network now with Dottie, unless Dottie's got some kind of ulterior motive. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that Dottie's trying to get the Panasar money. Maybe that's the plan after all, but it just feels, I don't, you know what I mean? I can't see the ultimate goal with Dottie kind of being friendly with Vinny. It feels quite natural that she's just being nice to him. So that's that's a nice yeah. thing to do. You know? I, but then that's I quite not like what we know little... Dottie for being. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I, I do quite like... Th- but the thing is, though, Dottie has always sort of craved a family. And now she's screwed everything up with um, Sonia and, and everybody in that in that category. I'm quite enjoying her sort of little developing relationship with Suki. I like those two sort of reluctantly mm. starting to like each other. That's nice. Um, you know, that little that little scene uh, this week where they were, um, you know, cooking together. She, they were sort of throwing bars. Can you chop an onion? Is that all right? And sort of smiling at each other. I like that. That's nice. Uh, and she seems to be able to be keeping Suki interested in Vinny. And so I quite like that. I quite like Dottie's place in the Panda Stars. So I kind of hope, actually, that she's being honest and that she wants to just be in this nice family and that Suki's going to take her in. As far as Ash returning is concerned, I like the idea that there is obviously such kind of bad history between Suki and Ash. We have also got that uh, little demon of the fact that uh, Eve and Suki, you know, whenever they get back round to it again, are sort of interested in each other. Eve was kind of interested in Ash at one point. So I, as, as low as I am to admit it, I'm madly look at hoping that there's going to be some sort of mother daughter lesbian affair because if you're going to make them if you're going to make suki have sex with one of uh, ash's partners let's go the full hug and they're going to they're both bisexual let's let's make it all happen again why not that'd be a great thing and <laughs> then what will happen is yeah. you will have a, yeah and then what will happen is my dream episode will be that you know suki and then suki will be doing other stuff with some kids winding video up winding kirat up and then once that comes out we'll have some massive forehander with just the panasars where they all scream at each other for an episode and it'll be amazing that's what i want out of this alex that's my dream scenario ah, it's a big old fair. panasar that's four nice five hander i'd love that i would be perfect so that's right. what i want and um, which means usually that's uh, what? nothing I'd... close to what i'm getting 
<laughs> we can all but dream. We can always but dream. And we'll end yeah. it with um, Daddy Panasar walking through the door and being like, Hello, yes. Suki. And then because that'd be nice. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, so, yeah, there we go. That's um, That was the Panasars uh, and Bernie this week. So, yeah, Bernie basically is... Uh, we're going to have some uh, pro- baby problems over the coming weeks. So that's going to be difficult, isn't it? Mm. Um, quickly, 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 we're going to briefly just chat about uh, Linda's story because we have a really good I Want to Gossip to talk about where we've got... Uh, which we posted on our Twitter. Uh, and, and it's a bit of a talking point uh, last week, which we didn't have time to talk about. So we want to talk about it this week. Um, so keep listening for that or watching if you're watching us on YouTube. But Linda is... On the on the bottle, alcoholism very bad. Um, and Nancy <laughs> has yes. decided that instead of pushing her mum away, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna help her mum out. Summed up. But not really. But but not really. Martin's not very happy about it. Um, and no. Zach's kind of stuck in the middle, and you know, kind of stuck in the middle again. Martin's well. a bit concerned that the kids are going to find the vodka bottle. What? Strangely enough, he's concerned that the kids are going to find the vodka bottle amongst the bleach. And the vodka bottle is his main problem, what the kids will find under the cu- <laughs> under the cupboard sink. So, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> that was a strange fair, thing. But is, Zach's kind of pl- playing, know, this, playing in the middle. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, this is the same woman who, like, Nancy found about three bottles in her suitcase and there's one underneath the sink. So that's at least four vodka bottle that, that uh, Linda's yes. got on the go at the moment and she's on the wine and she's drinking all of Sharon's wine I've, I've noticed as well because that looks suspicious that bottle <laughs> that she had at the end of the week looks Her suspiciously cellar of like wine a of sh- it looks suspiciously like a bottle of Sharon's room temperature white out of the cupboard you know the one that Sharon always turns to when she's in the Yum. middle of a crisis so yeah so <laughs> she does doesn't she she grabs a pinot out of the cupboard and starts downing it from the bottle that's how Sharon yeah. and it seems that Linda is um, so really an alcoholic living with Sharon is not a great idea never worked with Phil it's not going to work with Linda I mean uh, but there we go then <laughs> so, so there we go um, so yes we will move on now to uh, I want to gossip and you know me I ain't want to gossip so we have a very interesting topic coming up very shortly, but there was one comment from one of our viewers and listeners that I wanted to read out regarding uh, the Ben storyline, which, yes, we were slight, ever mm-hmm. slightly critical of. But, you know, balance is important to us. And uh, Stephen Cabo Brody on our Facebook said, Sorry, I understand the points being made by everyone here, but I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, talking about the episode where all this is basically, well teased and revealed. Uh, I found it annoying that for the past few months Ben was just hung over from his crazy nights out that we never saw anything of, but now the twist makes complete sense of it. Without his dad around to prove himself to, he's derailed again, and it's honestly made me interested in the character for the first time in a very long time. So, you know, there's there's there's, other, there's always another side to, uh, to what people are looking at with these stories. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Ben, you know, nine times out of ten, Ben is Ben's a mess, isn't he? In terms of who, in terms of his personality, you know, he's he's very he's very, he's normally very angst ridden. He's always been like this throughout all the many sort of different phases of Ben. One of his many sort of attributes has been angst, uh, and this uh, sort of era of Ben is no different. Um, how, do you think that he is still sort of relying on pleasing Phil to term, in terms of? Uh, sort of being himself do you think that's still as important to him as it always was or as it always has been yeah i mean the family business was brought up again this week wasn't it and the fact ben brought up himself and he said that you know he's been asked by cat to kind of run the family business and he fit he he 
he seemed to take a degree of satisfaction in saying that to Sharon and Sharon was that incident that's what caused her to be very worried um so yes I think there's always going to be that tone isn't there she he's never going to be good enough in Phil's eyes um and Phil's always trying we've, we've said this before on previous podcasts Phil's always trying to find a new son isn't he like he's he did it with Denny he's then started doing it with um Kat's son you know it's you know just it's, you know, there's, there's always another one down the line and so you know Tommy and uh you know he'll probably if he's still on the show in 15 years time then he'll probably do it with Louise's uh child as well so you know it's, it's just going to constantly go down the line with Kinu Kinu as Phil used to say um interesting point actually that that person had written on facebook uh and that is actually something it may, maybe we should give the writers credit for this when there was lots of scenes when ben would come home would be very very drunk so it would allude to the fact that he'd been out late which could then arguably be alluded to the fact that, that he attacked someone the wolford attacker so perhaps we weren't privy to it but perhaps this wolford attacker storyline was always on the books for the uh wolf uh for the writers of eastenders yeah, it would have been nice have been. if they'd let us I, know a bit earlier, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. I just think that there should have been more made out of the mystery and then maybe I wouldn't be quite so eye-roll about it. You know, if, if we were sort of... made, if, yeah, if, yeah. if the past few months had sort of been a bit more, what is Ben doing? You know, what is Ben up to rather than, oh, Ben's on the lash because he's, he's angry. And that's sort of, you know, we just accepted that. I think there should have been more made out of the mystery. I think they should have been, they should have made more out of a Warford attacker mystery. Uh, that would have been a really intriguing storyline. That was my main criticism of it, and um, the fact that it's it's this. It's the, but there we go. Um, so yeah, do let us know in the comment section below uh, any of your thoughts about it. Now then, Alexander, you have a topic for us to discuss. I do. So because of time restraints last week, uh, I, we couldn't do it, but I really was very keen to do it. Uh, I posted it on our Twitter and asked for people's comments on there uh, or to email us. Um, uh, which you did, so I'll read some of those out after Rob and I have had a bit of a chat about it. But basically, uh, Charlie Lawson of more Coronation Street fame was on the lovely channel GB News talking about whether British soaps are becoming too woke. And uh, Dan Wooton decided to kind of, you know, string things along a little bit and wind things up a bit, you know, like the way he does. Um, and they basically... Uh, what Charlie said was that uh, Coronation Street star Charlie Lawson has slammed British soaps for ticking boxes in a bid to be woke, claiming viewers will eventually get bored and switch off. He told Dan Watton, we're great at being a silent minority in this bloody country over a great deal of things, but I try not to be. Uh, and then he goes on to kind of saying that he... When he did his stint on Coronation Street, his character had to temporarily be in a wheelchair and that if this was today, that he would have been recast by someone who was who was permanently in a wheelchair, which is a ridiculous knee jerk thing to say. (laughs) Of course it is. And also I like the fact (laughs) I know. And also he and also to say that he is like the silent majority, this white male is also rather shocking. But the undertones of this is what I'm more interested in. I, I would like to, th- I, I just want to ask you, Rob, do you think that soaps are too woke? Do you think they're kind of deliberately now kind of going down the storylines where they're kind of ticking boxes? They're t- trying to go down you know, storylines they've never done before. I've argued before that they seem to be have like yeah. the kind of like a story of the week where they're kind of doing uh, another, like they did the... Yeah. Uh, FG, FGM storyline. They've done, uh, you know, numerous other storylines. The Ben's death storyline, and they did, you know, that, you know, and it seems to be like kind of they're doing it. 
you know, purposely just kind of like, you know, a bit shocking, try to pull some viewers in for that week. You know, rightly or wrongly, they kind of make people aware and whether they're doing it the right way. We Again, that's an argument in itself. Do you think soaps are going too far that way and that we should go back down the kind of kitchen sink route? Well, it, now, for, first of all, to answer this question, I would I would like to I'd love to know what your definition of woke is, because to me, the phrase woke is one of the most irritating, stupid, senseless phrases that has come out of the past 20 years like the phrase the term woke is supposed to mean politically aware and up to date with modern thinking that is all that means and yet it has been turned into what is supposed to be an insult you calling me woke thank you then you were automatically crediting me with more emotional maturity than you are you absolute turd Anyway, that's that out of the way. <laughs> in terms of what I am assuming this article is supposed to be questioning, as to whether, because this all this all falls into the category of snowflakery and all that kind of rubbish, doesn't it? And that's basically what these what this question is: is are we sort of pandering to to things, and are we trying to you know tick box it, all all that rubbish, which seems to be such a hot topic at the moment, and it makes me want to slap people because it's like, what is your problem? Like, so what? You're, you've had all these many, many years of representation on screen. We're talking close to a hundred years. You know, the BBC is celebrating its one hundred centenary this this year, and let me tell you, probably about ninety eight years worth of that TV has mainly been dominated by sort of white, straight, uh, you know, in in inverted commas, normal people. So what? All of a sudden, a few underrepresented people are coming to the forefront, and that's all. And that's now a problem, is it? Get a grip. Um, now, the problem is as well, though, is that the way that the stories are told can sometimes come across a bit preachy. And that's where the issue comes in. Because, right. uh, you know, EastEnders has done it a little bit over the past, uh, past, I'd say, maybe year, two years or so, where it sort of feels like, right, sit down, everybody. This is our lesson on FGM. This is our story on racism. This is our story on homophobia. Um, the Ben and Callum storyline is a prime example of that at the moment. It does, it, you know... I think the problem is that the, Callum especially, his dialogue has been quite on the nose at the moment. He's not talking like a real human being. He's talking about some. He's talking like a writer that he's trying to say something about homophobia, and that's very different. You know, it's not the character talking; it's the writer talking, and there's different ways of doing that. Um, and that's how you get accused of being of being woke because it comes across as preaching. People don't like being preached to. If they don't feel they're being preached at and they're simply watching a story about somebody and can then at the end of it say, well, that was interesting. I learned something. I didn't realise that 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 branch of humanity was going through that. That's a good thing. That's the right way of doing it. It's when preaching happens that it's woke and people kick off about it. Um, It just it, it does wind me up. But, you know, sometimes you can be open to this discussion. I think... Now and again, the TV shows, the soaps especially, can open themselves up to it because they sometimes tend to go in at such a basic level. And it's kind of like, this week we're going to talk about racism. Uh, Isn't racism bad? It's like, well, yeah, obviously it is. What else have you got to say about it? We know that racism's bad. We know that homophobia is bad. What are you going to tell us about it? You know, tell us more other than homophobia is bad. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get the discussion. I get the conversation. And I get the question. But... I think it's more a case of it's the way you, it's not what you're saying. It's the way that you say it that I think is especially the soaps yeah. problem at the moment. I think the soaps have gone a little bit basic and I'm not just talking about EastEnders here. I think because I've seen Corrie do it. Mm-hmm. I've seen Emmerdale do it. Um, 
Hollyoaks, I don't know. I'm going to guess they do it too because it's just it's the so the problem with soaps is is that they are a, a story conveyor belt. Stories have to constantly be coming out of one end and going out of the other. Um, and what that can lead to sometimes is if you want to do an issue storyline because they've got into the habit of trying to tell these stories so quickly, it's it feels like a preach. It feels like a lesson. It's the longer stories. Mm. Do you? I mean, do you feel like the Gene story, for example? Do you feel like you're being preached to about bipolar? Do you feel like you are being of people with bipolar? And do you feel like you're being preached to about the disorder? Not with that, no. I mean, there's been other stories no. when I maybe have felt like, and as you said yourself, it, it mm-hmm. felt a bit like, you know, sit down, here's a story, we're going to tell you, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. It's like our definition of woke is probably one completely different to what Dan Witten had thought his definition of woke is. And, you know, it's to show a representation on television of, you know, different groups, sexualities, you know, races, you know, that's a, no, that's a, that's an okay thing to do, you know. that's There's not a problem there. I feel like they're picking on soaps deliberately here because it it's almost like kicking a sick puppy. They know that soaps aren't doing particularly very well with ratings right now, and comparatively to like TV shows, these big hitters nowadays. And they know that television as a landscape, soaps is kind of like kind of drowning underneath it while like other shows are kind of coming to the top. And that's, you know, so I think that this this argument could be made with anything. If you think about it, it could be made with music. It could be made of any kind of art form, theatre. But, but they've chosen soap deliberately because that's, the sick puppy at the moment. That's the one that's having a bit of trouble kind of getting to the top. So, you know, and, and let's be honest with you, I don't think it's, it's anything new that soaps have done, like, stories. In the 90s, they did big stories, you know, where they, they you know, they're looking into something that, like, as a hot topic of the day, drugs or alcoholism and so on and so forth, you know. And EastEnders have been doing it since 1985. You know, from the very beginning, they were yeah. doing, like, you know, Angie's alcoholism storyline. You know, yeah. that was that was groundbreaking. You know, Colin's homosexuality storyline. You know, that was groundbreaking in 1985. Um, and so, you know, the fact that, you know, soaps still want to do it, it it it's it's just it feels like you know it kind of it stands out more now because I guess I suppose because they have to as you say they have to churn out so much now it seems a bit difficult to kind of maybe do it in such a a coherent manner and that's why it doesn't seem to you know hit the mark yeah. maybe quite so well. I yeah I I think base I think what the soap problem is at the moment is that they are trying to combine fast storytelling because they're trying to keep up with what they perceive to be their audience's expectations whilst still trying to tell mm. these stories because they I, it seems to be the belief that the soap audiences haven't got the attention span that they once had you know that you can't take a story like you know a homophobic story and really kind of tell it across a single year you've got to sort of make it in quite short sharp sharp um sharp kind of segments you know like we've had with ben and and callum so that you're getting sort of the highlights of what this storyline should be as opposed to really sort of making it a character piece. Character pieces are much less preachy than telling it like that. And that, I think, is the problem with it. Because if you're preaching to people, that's how they feel. And that's how these ridiculous phrases like woke and snowflake get thrown around. Because they feel like, well, I know that's why you're telling me that. And it's like, that's not the point of it. And that's when things start to go wrong. It's when the the story misses the point. Or when viewers miss the point because they are already kind of they've 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 started the story with the wrong attitude because of the way that the story's been told to them. Uh, I mean, I hope that this that and 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 again with the soaps as a whole is because you know soaps have had to pick up the you know they've had to outdo each other. I feel like a lot of the soaps have sort of lost their individuality because they bent themselves so much out of shape trying to compete with one another 
and I mean bent themselves so much out of their own shape trying to compete with one another. You know, you can't necessarily, you wouldn't, there's only so much of EastEnders that doesn't look, that wouldn't happen in Corrie now. You know, you can't necessarily hear a story yes, and go, oh, yes. that's such an EastEnders story. That's such a Coronation Street story. That's such an Emmerdale story. That's not really a thing anymore. <laughs> and that's as a result of this, and no. because of the soaps been trying to compete with one another, it doesn't mix well with this sort of storytelling. That's the problem, in my view. No. What do you think? Yeah, that's a fair <clears> point. That's a fair point. Maybe, yes, I agree with you there. I think the uniqueness of each soap is something that they need to maybe bring back. Um that can only come in time. I mean, I wouldn't mind reading just a couple of... There's an email I just like to read out and a couple of tweets mm. that we received. Uh, the first email is from Tops 123 Thank you for getting in touch. And it said, Hi, Alex and Rob. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to give my two cents on your tweet. Personally, I don't think woke is the correct way to describe... Uh, this, but they are definitely some box ticking aspects, especially with EastEnders. For example, the first male breast cancer story, the first schizophrenia story, the first FGM story. I think it's great that EastEnders are representing issues that don't get talked about much in our society, but at the same time, it does feel slightly pushed onto us. And I just uh, follow that on with a tweet from at Higgins tweeted, and he wrote, or she wrote, uh, would not say woke, but defo ticking too many BBC Action Line boxes. Bring back the character driven drama i mean i think that kind of sums up well i think you've pretty much said everything you've you've said yourself in, those, yeah, uh, in mean, that email there but this is the problem this is where t- the, the phrase ticking boxes is dangerous because what are you accusing i'm not i'm not having to go at the, the the person this is this isn't there's not one person saying that quite a few people say this and i'm more talking about the opinion rather than the person who said it but what are you calling ticking boxes the representation of a gay person on screen a black family you know, do you realise that Corrie's most recent new family, um, the, I can't remember what they're called now, but um, they had a new family move onto the street, um, I think maybe a couple of years ago. 60 years, that was their, that's their first ever black family. In 60 years, yeah. that was Corrie's first ever black family. Now, obviously, EastEnders <laughs> has, has had Woke! Um, characters and families. <laughs> uh, that's what was. That's what they were being accused of. It's kind of like after sixty years, that's woke, is it really? Yeah, so that's, that's what the that's, soaps have to. That's, that's problem, what the soaps it? have to constantly battle. That's what the soaps have to constantly battle. Mm. Now there is a conversation about political climates that isn't worth us having on this podcast. Me and Alex are very similar political opinions, mm-hmm. some of which you maybe you may well have been able to garner from what we've said over the several podcasts. You know. Um, but there is, I think, very much to do with the political climate at the moment. There is a surge of one particular type of opinion that has sort of taken over the landscape a little bit that doesn't also doesn't sit well with that. So I think there's, there's more to it rather than just the soaps are being woke. There's a lot more to it. It's a lot more complicated than that. And it's a lot more textured than that. So there you go. It's an interesting discussion, and I think that this should continue. So I'd be really interested if people would get in touch with us. Uh, thank you for anyone who has tweeted us or sent us emails. I'm really sorry. I, I did have loads more to read out, but uh, we've we run our time. Um, but uh, if you know, if you, people want to expand this conversation, uh, send us send us what you think. And there's only one way or one person who knows how to do that, and that is Rob. How can people get in touch with us, Rob? You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Walford Weekly. You can find us on Facebook at Walford Weekly Podcast. On YouTube, don't forget to like, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click the bell to get notifications about our spoiler videos. And you can listen to us on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, or any of your favourite podcast sites. You can email us at robwalfordweekly at gmail.com or alexwalfordweekly at gmail.com. 
I've been here since episode 128. This is episode, what, 203? That's the first time I've ever said that without having do to it. look at my lines. Woohoo! There we go. That's <laughs> Why do you think I've I cut off from you whenever se- the video I've for those bits? I've settled in. I know, because I look clueless and scared, but I've settled. I've done it. I've arrived now. There we go. Marvellous. Thank you very much yeah, for uh, a, another lovely podcast, Alex. I hope you enjoyed that. And by the time I next see you, you'll be an old I man. Did. So the happiest of birthdays to you, Alex. I hope you have a lovely time and get very, <laughs> very drunk on whiskey or whatever old men do these will. days you know rum smoke a few senior <laughs> service you know some other <laughs> be like pop over my slippers. pipe uh, don't forget to let, uh, wish Alex a, com- uh, a bur- happy birthday in the comment section below uh, and we will be back same time next week so until then it's goodbye from him and it's goodbye from him wherever he is on the screen right now I never know bye bye, bye.